You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. At the beginning of many of my coaching sessions, one of the things that people tell me is they want to know, why is this happening? Today, I want to talk about why that is not a great question (laughs) and how we need to quit asking that. But first, let me tell you, this is the Save the Marriage podcast. I am Lee Balkum. I'm the creator of the podcast. I'm also the host of the podcast, along with being an author and a coach and creator of a number of online programs. And we're here because you're working on saving your relationship, no matter what stage it is at. And I'm here to help you no matter what stage it's at. So maybe you're listening to this trying to stay out of trouble. I know that there are people who listen because they want to know where other relationships get into trouble so they can avoid it on the front side. It's kind of like saving your marriage before you have a crisis. And then there are those who are at the early stages of a crisis and others who are in the middle of a crisis and some who are struggling to keep the crisis from leading to divorce. And I like to cover the questions that help you at any of those stages because these principles function from beginning to end. In fact, one of the things that I realized early in my career is the same things that you do to improve your relationship are the same things you do to save a relationship. You just might have to approach it a little bit differently, find a different way of doing it, and making sure you're asking the right questions, which brings us to today's topic. Very frequently, I get that question, why is this happening? So at the beginning of every coaching session, I ask the question, what needs to happen today for this to be a successful session for you? What needs to change? What needs to shift? What do you need to understand? What do we need to do? And from there, many people say, well, I just need to know, why is this happening? To which I say, we can talk about that. I don't think it's going to be particularly helpful. Let me offer some some suggestions on other things we can do, like what do I do? From why to what? You see, humans are often problem-focused. Now, sometimes people will say, well, humans are problem-solvers. I'm not as convinced about that. Some humans are at sometimes problem solvers. Many of us, though, are more capable of looking at a problem and being focused on that problem. We're also meaning makers, which means that we're trying to make sense of what's going on around us. Now put those together and you get the question, why is this happening? It's problem focused. Why is this problem here? And the why part is, is where we're trying to make sense of it, make meaning of it. It's kind of our nature. We're problem-focused, meaning-makers. But that doesn't often shift us very far. In fact, one of my observations for a lot of years while I was a therapist was that people actually come to therapy for two very different reasons. One is because people want to solve their situation, to solve their problems. They want to solve what's going on. Other people come to therapy to stay stuck in what's going on, to actually rationalize their life based on the problems they're having. And it's not always clear 
the purpose, but I've noticed the same thing as with a couple. Couples will come to me trying to prove that they're not the problem. They try to prove that they're not the difficult thing, that the problem is located elsewhere, elsewhere generally being in their spouse. In fact, many times I've had to say, you know what, I'm not here to be the judge of who's doing wrong. I'm here to be the assistance to build something else. I'm kind of the foreman on the crew. You guys are the construction crew. I'm the foreman here to help you find better ways of building this to something you both want. But me being judge isn't going to help you at all. Let's talk some about why that is. And let me first say, it's not that I don't think it's important to think about why you're at this situation. It's that the question you're asking, why is this happening, gets you stuck many times. It gets you stuck on two different ways. One is it gets you stuck searching for the cause. And I'm going to tell you that in just a minute so then we can stop asking the question. And the second thing it does is it often externalizes the change. Because here's the problem. When people are in my office trying to demonstrate how their spouse is the one who's caused this problem, you notice one of the things that does. If I didn't cause the problem, it's less on me to fix the problem. It's on you to fix it if you caused it. So when we're looking for that, we're finding our, our stuck place right off the bat. In doctor world, we talk about the DX and the TX, right? The DX is the diagnosis and the TX is the treatment. And sometimes you'll see that uh, abbreviation when, when doctors are taking notes. They'll put a little DX at the top and they'll talk about what's wrong with you, the DX. On down, they'll talk about what they recommended you do, the TX. Now, I want you to notice something about that is instructive. Many times the doctor can put your DX down in like two or three words, right? They're, this is what's wrong with you. <laughs> the diagnosis, you've got an infection. The diagnosis, you've got diabetes. The diagnosis, high blood pressure, lots of other pieces. But the important part is the TX. What are you going to do about it? Maybe you take some medicine. Maybe you change your lifestyle. Maybe you adjust something in your your life in, in some way that's going to help change the diagnosis. I mean, isn't that kind of the goal to change the diagnosis or at least to manage the diagnosis? So the question I think is better posed as not the DX, but the TX. The question, why is this happening? That's a DX question. It doesn't move you forward. DX is about what this point is looking backward. TX is about what this point is looking forward. So let me give you the DX. <laughs> let me give you the diagnosis of why you're having problems. So you already know you're having a marriage problem. It's kind of like going to the doctor and saying, my head hurts. That's not the diagnosis. That's just a description of the overall problem that leads you to this. So what is the diagnosis? Well, Marriage crises happen for two interlinked pieces, disconnection and stagnation. That's the root cause. It shows up as a lot of symptoms, but that's the root cause, disconnection and stagnation. There's another way that I uh, more uh, kind of shortcut that is the pause button. You hit the pause button 
on your own growth, perhaps, but certainly on the connection in your relationship. And when you hit the pause button, it's just basically waiting for the symptoms to emerge. So the DX, the diagnosis is disconnection and stagnation. Probably hit the pause button at some point for some reason that made a lot of sense at the time. And here's the thing I often notice. I don't meet people who set out to have a marriage crisis. It's not people coming in and saying, you know what? We just decided we were going to go ahead and get married, and then we would just create a problem. We'll just have a marriage crisis, we thought to ourselves. No, it's generally nice people wanting to have a good marriage, but along the way, not understanding the trap that they were walking into. So the Paul's button marriage, let's just talk about that just for a moment, even though I've talked about it uh, other places. I just want to highlight it here. The Paul's button marriage is when you get married and most people got married because they were in love and they wanted to say, and this is permanent. And now that it's permanent, they go, okay, we're living in the same house, maybe sleeping in the same room, maybe, you know, sharing space together and whatever else is going on. We're sharing our life together. So now that we've got that, let's go do these other things. They don't say, I think I'll hit the pause button. They just go, hey, let's deal with the kids. Let's deal with the job. Let's deal with the rest of life. And then we'll come back and focus on us down the road. It's, this is not an intentional, I think we'll hit the pause button. But hitting the pause button is what you do. So the kids come along and you say, okay, well, we need to be parents now. And, you know, we'll get back together when the kids are out of diapers, in school, out of school, married themselves, after they have their kids, your grandkids, after our grandkids grow up. And it's, you know, it's always one more step down the road of when we'll finally have time to come back to us. That's Paul's button. The focus is on being parent. Or maybe you say, you know, once we get to that one place, once I get the, the business started, once I get that promotion, once I make it to partner, once I, whatever, once I get there, then we'll have time for us. We'll get back to us. And many people think that at that point they'll have all the resources to finally do the things they need to do as a couple to be happy as a couple, missing the fact that they've lost track of each other along the way. So whether it's promotion or business building or making whatever it is, pause button. Or maybe you say, well, now that we're together, now I can go pursue my whatever adventures, you know, some athletic adventure, friendship adventures, travel adventures, whatever it is. And then when we, we'll get back to that, you know, once we've, we've had fun in life, we'll come back to us. Here's the reality. It's not that you don't be parent or don't go after that raise or don't go after that promotion or don't go after building the business or don't go after, you know, the athletic event or the travel or the friends or the whatever else. It's that you recognize that there is no such thing as pause in a relationship. You cannot pause a relationship. There are only two possibilities in any relationship. It's either growing or stagnating and receding. That's it. There is no pause. Think about that elsewhere in life. Maybe you have a friend that you haven't talked to in a while. The longer it goes between you talking to them, the more disconnected you actually are. 
we had some friends that came and visited and, you know, we haven't seen them for a number of years and we were sitting down and they said, so what's new? And I'm like, oh my gosh, all of life has changed so much. It's hard to catch up in this short amount of time because we've been disconnected in between. Sure. I still feel affinity and I still feel friendship and I still feel closeness. But the fact is that we have disconnected on daily life. The same thing happens with couples. There's only one problem. Since you expected to get a lot more connection and intimacy out of that relationship, it stagnates faster. And that disconnection leads to pain. And that pain leads to hurt. And that hurt adds a whole nother level of resentment into the relationship. So that's the whole pause button problem. Stagnation happens with us individually too, though. Most research shows that we get to some certain point in life and we kind of lock in on our beliefs and our likes and dislikes and our understandings. And suddenly we're stuck. There's been a lot of research about, for instance, the books on the shelves of doctors and lawyers and therapists and other helping professions. And it basically kind of peters out after they finish their training. It's not that law quit or med understandings quit or therapy understandings quit. It's that people quit looking for that information. They kind of locked in where they were. This isn't everyone, but it's many of us who have places in our life where we've stagnated. And that stagnation means that we have less energy, less newness, less uh, interest, less connection coming into our life. And those two pieces are what lead to a marriage crisis. Everything else is a symptom of that. So when people come to me and they say, well, I can tell you what happened. He or she had an affair. No, that's a symptom of the underlying disconnection and stagnation and the lack of boundaries. So when they talk to me about the fighting, the fighting is what's happened, right? We've just had too many fights. No, the fights are because of the disconnection and the stagnation. So everything else comes from those two pieces. So here is the DX. Here's the diagnosis. You're coming through a disconnected and stagnated relationship. That's that's what we need to know. That's as far as that question is going to get us. So the stagnation happens in our patterns and our habits of relating, and they no longer serve the relationship. And they don't even serve the individual, even if they did at one time. Remember that what we do in life is based on the fact that at one point it got us what we wanted. Whether it's in a relationship or as individuals, it, we do it because it worked at one point. At some point it stopped working and we didn't pivot. So why is this happening? Well, that puts us in the realm of speculation. <laughs> Remember I told you we're also meaning makers. So if we could just figure out what was wrong, and the subtext of that is what our spouse did wrong, then maybe that would somehow help. But it's rear, rear windowing. If you get in a car and you want to go somewhere, probably the better place to be looking is out the front window where you're moving towards. If you're flying down the highway, sure, you want to glance in the rear view window to make sure that nobody's coming. So you got that mirror to help you with that. But you don't want to just stare at that. You don't want to stare at where you've been. You want to focus on where you're going. 
where you've been doesn't give you a whole lot of information except for you know that's where you've been. That's it. So you don't go forward by looking back. You look forward to figure out where you want to go to. Think about it as kind of like a GPS. Your GPS doesn't ask the question, where have you been driving from? It's asking the question, where are you driving to? Now, it does need to know where you are now. So there is some, some uh, help from going, you know, what level of disconnection do we have? How did we get to this disconnection? What, what does it show up as? How disconnected are we? How stagnated are we or am I? And that can be helpful. Because now you already know the diagnosis. Now you just need to figure out how deeply involved that is. So it's helpful for the GPS to say, this is where you're starting from. It doesn't help for my GPS to put me in a different location to start any journey. I start from where I am. But the beauty of GPS is it knows where I'm going and it charts the course to there. So the better question is, what do I do now given where we are? Now, I told you, the question that doesn't help you is, what happened, right? Why did this happen? Let's set that aside. But that doesn't mean you can't ask a question at all. The question to change to is, what do I do now, given this, and that this is the disconnection and the stagnation? What do I do now? Let me propose my approach to this. I call it the three C's. The three C's of saving your marriage. It's what I talk about in my book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps. It's also the process that I follow in my system and in other programs I have online, but it follows these three C's. Connect, change, and create. Let me break it down a little bit further. Connect. If the problem in your relationship is disconnection, you've got to figure out ways of connecting. But it's what you have to be careful about is the connection doesn't overwhelm the system or scare off your spouse. So there are some ways to connect that are very important to understand. Connection happens on three different levels, and you want to think through which level is disconnected, where you can connect within the other two or other one level, whatever is left, and how you can begin to broaden that out. Change in terms of changing yourself. What changes do you specifically as an individual need to make? Where are you stuck? Where have you stagnated? And what changes do you need to take on for yourself? So change yourself. I'm not saying that there's something fundamentally wrong with you that you need to go to therapy. Maybe you do. Maybe you need coaching. Maybe you just need to take on some new things in life and bring some life back in. But there are changes that we all need to make. So change is the second piece. And third is create. Create a new path for your relationship. Build a, what I call a we, being a we. We're, in, we're a team together, not you, me, or you versus me, but we. We are together. We're a team. It's a fundamental, foundational piece of my understanding of how we get back is becoming that we. So why do I say create, not recreate? Because most couples I see, even if they were functioning as a really good you and me, never quite made it over to we. So we've got to create a new path that gets us to we. That's it, the three C's. That's your TX. How do we do treatment? Change, connect, change, create a new path.
connect with your spouse, change yourself, create a new path. There's a lot more to it than that. And if you need more help with that, please check out my system. It's at savethemarriage.com, savethemarriage.com. I do cover that similarly for people who want to be a better husband at my husband bootcamp. That's at thehusbandbootcamp.com, thehusbandbootcamp.com. Or check out my book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps by going to savethemarriage.com slash book. That's savethemarriage.com slash book. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.